Hello, and welcome to the Defining Her Story podcast, where we discuss hot topics and spy light. Oh my God, spy light. That's a new word. Let me try that again. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Defining Her Story podcast, where we discuss hot topics and spotlight innovative and inspiring women. On this episode, we are chatting with Andrea Sager. Um, I was actually introduced to Andrea, um, was it last year? Yeah, I think it was oh last year. Yeah, last year by Nancy, and when we were uh, looking for some help with a uh, with trademark and everything, um, and so when Nancy told me about you, I went over to you know, I hear attorney, and I've yeah. got this whole preconceived notion of like what I'm going to see when I go to the website, and so I go over there, and I was like, wow, I've like <laughs> never seen an attorney uh, who has a website that looks you know really cool like this and then you know went and checked out social media and everything and just was really pleasantly surprised that the the stereotypical attorney that I had in my head mm-hmm. was completely totally shattered um yeah, so. yeah no suits no I know tried, I try to be as least formal as possible well and I just and I was um like I said that was the like it's informal, but it isn't to where like you see some people who are informal and it's like, oh, so no, you've got yeah. <laughs> But it's very, it's very, it's a very refined informal. Um, so why don't you, why don't you take a second to um, introduce yourself, tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I am a small business attorney. I work exclusively with small businesses, helping them protect their intellectual property, their trademarks, copyrights find their contracts and basically just a full service firm for small businesses. And I fell into this because I had a former small business as a clothing boutique owner and I sold that. And then I constantly had other boutique owners come to me for help when I was at another firm that I was at. And the firm didn't want to help them because they were a big firm. They only wanted the big billion dollar clients. And when it first was going on, I didn't get it. I was like, they're going to pay your fees no matter what. Like they're not asking for a discount. And really I just had my own defining moment when I was bringing somebody to the firm, it was a boutique client and they needed a trademark and a partner was just like, we don't want them. They are not a quality small. He literally said small businesses are not quality clients for us. And that was really my moment where I was like, I have all of these small businesses coming to me constantly asking for help and there's nobody to serve them. So really that was my moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to go serve these people. So just a couple of months later, I, from that moment, I was planning my exit and I actually got fired from that job and which was a blessing because I ended up getting a severance package and all that fun stuff. But I went out on my own almost three years ago, gosh, the end of April will be three years, which sounds crazy because (laughs) it seems like it was just yesterday. And it's been a wild, fun ride. I've enjoyed every moment of it. Definitely highs and lows, but, and I remember the days where it's like, gosh, like today I'm ready to, you know, be on welfare. And then the next day it's like, okay, let's go buy a Range Rover in cash. Like (laughs) the life of an entrepreneur is Mm -hmm. absolutely insane, but I love it. Like there's no other, like there's no other life that I could imagine. (laughs) I know. And I'll be honest with you, like when you were talking about like uh, the firm not wanting to serve small business owners and things like that, like um, back in 2009, my, or actually 2007, my husband started um, his own videography company. And when we were trying to figure out like, who were we going to serve? We looked out there and it was kind of like, you know, 
really honestly and truly there's nobody serving specifically to the small business owner, mm-hmm. you know, um, they've either got to have like these mega bucks, um, in order to get any kind of video work done. And really mm-hmm. that's kind of insane. You know, like it really yeah. should be something that's, especially like with the internet and the way people are doing websites and social media and everything coming on, um, like they're, they really have that opportunity, but they don't have anybody who's willing to serve that because they don't have those, those big dollars right away. Yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's very, and it was very lucrative, you know, um, cause they really are, they want the help and that kind of thing and they see the need for it. Um, and so one of the things too, that, um, that I like about what you do and that you didn't really hit on was like with being out on your own, you're still like, you're an attorney, but you're still not in that traditional space. And I, cause I think like <laughs> when you started, um, I think it was very innovative. Like now that we've had 2020, of course, like everybody's kind of like realized like, oh, the digital age, like you could be on the online or whatever, but like you started that early, right? Like you went online early. So tell us about like, um, why, what like made you think like, yeah. this is where I want to be. Yeah. So I'm actually, so I live in Houston, but I'm actually licensed. I'm a licensed attorney in Ohio. So once we left Ohio, we were coming back to Texas and I knew I had to practice federal law and there's so many rule, legal rules that I, I mean, amongst wanting, like thinking about being on welfare, I've thought about leaving the practice of law just because of all the crazy rules that we have. But one of the rules is obviously you can't, you can't, um, engage in the unauthorized practice of law. So I can't practice Texas law. Now I ha- I mean, I have attorneys on my team that are licensed here, but at the time, like, honestly, my only option was to work remotely from home as an Ohio attorney practicing federal law. Trademarks are federal law. Mm-hmm. So that's a- another reason why I kind of just fell into trademarks. It's like, oh, I can do this from anywhere in the world. And being, you know, a so-called online entrepreneur, I mean, most people didn't think of attorneys as being online entrepreneurs, but absolutely I am like my entire, we have a team of 10 now and everybody is completely remote. I'm in Houston. My, I have one local person that's close to me, but they, they still work from home. I have people in Dallas, Connecticut, Kentucky, Kansas, like literally everybody is everywhere. And I, I love it and they love it because that allows so much flexibility. And when I was at the firm, one thing that I hated was they wanted butt in seat for mm-hmm. like 12 hours a day. And it's like, listen, it's 2017, 2018 when I was there and I I didn't get it. I was like, what, like, what is the point? Like, I'm not meeting with clients. I'm a first year attorney. I'm not meeting with clients. Everything I'm doing here, I can do from home. And I'm, I had an eight month old when I started there. And if I didn't leave the office at a decent hour, I wouldn't see him. So mm-hmm. I would leave around 5.30, put him to bed. I mean, he was, sometimes he was asleep by six, six o'clock, 6.30. Yeah. So I would go home, put him to bed. And then I'd work from home for the rest of the evening. They did not like that. So I swore to myself, like, okay, if you have your own firm, you're going to allow everybody to have this flexibility. Because I also remember his first birthday, I took off for his first birthday. And I remember people looking at me like, you're a first year attorney, like you're going to take off the whole day for your son's first birthday. I'm like, yeah, like it's my son's first birthday. What are you talking about? Hello. (laughs) Yeah. And I just never, I just 
never liked the corporate America, like, oh, you got to hustle, be in the office all day long. And like, you have no life. Like, there's no point. I am a firm believer that you are more efficient and more productive when you have flexibility. Mm-hmm. Because if, it, if you've read the four hour work week, then you know, like, whatever, however much time you give yourself to get something done, you'll get it done in that amount of time. So mm-hmm. if you have eight to 12 hours in an office to get things done, you're going to take eight to 12 hours to get that stuff done. Instead of if you're at home working from home and you're like, Oh, I want to go do this thing in the middle of the day. So I have to get all my work done in the morning. You're going to get it all done in just a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. Like I am such a firm believer in that. And I will stand by that to the day I die that look, my people are completely remote. They're completely flexible. They can work when they want as long as they're getting the job done, I'm happy. See, and I wonder now, like, you know, through the pandemic, how many, not just, not just attorneys, because there were a lot of places where like butts need to be in seats. You, you can't work from home. You won't be productive if you're at home Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so I'm wondering like how many are now making that shift of realizing like, oh, and that their employees are more productive because again, yeah, like completely and totally like, cause I was just thinking like this week, I'm like, yeah, like I wanted to go and uh, run some errands and that kind of thing. And I wanted to do it during the week, during the day when there wasn't a whole lot of people going to be there and that kind of thing. And I'm like, all right, so mapping out the work week and I'm working out this day of like, okay, get all this crap done here. So that way by one o'clock I'm out the door and I can go get this stuff done. So yeah, I just wonder how many, um, how many places now are really um, embracing that whole, um, digital workspace Mm -hmm. and how many are still just kind of pushing back on it. Like, like, you know, cause I know like I've got some friends who, um, they, their, their place of business, as soon as they could, we're getting them back into the office. Yeah. I know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. And the thing is, I think, it's good to have human interaction, especially in the office every once in a while, like right now. So we're almost a year into this, mm-hmm. you know, pandemic lifestyle. And just now I'm starting to feel the, oh my gosh, I wish I could go to conferences. I wish I could go out there and, you know, network with more people. Like just now I'm starting to feel that. So, and I, and I definitely think it's good to have that interaction with your coworkers, but I mean, I talk to my coworkers every single day and I not necessarily that I need to see them, but definitely talk to them. So, I mean, I think if companies have a good work from home procedure and policy, there's no need to go back into an office. Like, I know. Yeah. I, yeah. Ugh. Well, not only that, but it's also kind of like, I mean, they kind of get the fact that too, it's like, there's a lot of money that they're saving oh, because, absolutely. you know, the no need to rent all of that office space yep. and everything like that, you know, just as, I don't know, it's kind of crazy. Um, and one of the things too, that I, I think that I've noticed, I mean, I'm, again, I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. I'm like, what's this like this before <laughs> uh, on your website, like over the last year, or like from when I first saw your website to now, like the expansion of the team. Yeah, we, yeah. so last week we launched a new website, <laughs> um, but I, we grew, we actually doubled the size of the business during the pandemic. And I think that was from a lot of people 
at a nine to five who were kind of thinking about doing their own thing once they were kind of like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to have a job or Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, maybe they did get laid off. They were like, okay, I'm going all in on my business. I think that's really what helped us. But yeah, we're now a team of 10 and I'm about to hire another attorney because things are, we have big plans for this year. And I'm last year during the pandemic, we had growing pains because it kind of just hit all of a sudden when the pandemic first hit, we were bringing in about 40,000 a month. And the first two weeks of April, we brought in $2,000. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the end. Like, this is the end of the firm. Like, this is how it all ends. Like it was a great run. (laughs) And then I remember I had one client she was like, you know what? I don't know what I'm waiting for. I'm just going to go ahead and pay. Like whatever happens with this pandemic, you know, it happens. And then the floodgates just opened and things just blew up from that point. And I couldn't hire fast enough. Wow. And yeah, things were, things are crazy during the (laughs) pandemic. So now I'm trying to hire ahead of time to make sure we have that capacity to grow the way I want to. So, and what has been like going out on your own, what has been maybe like the hardest part you think? I think definitely managing cash flow, mm. which sounds it's like, what do you mean you don't know how to manage cash flow? Like, yeah, I know how to manage cash flow, but as a business owner, you think you know what's coming in, but then if a client doesn't pay when they say they're going to pay or when you expect them to pay, and it's not just one client, like I don't rely on just one client to pay, but you know, like yesterday I had, you know, probably five different clients and we should have brought in 10,000 yesterday. And we had about 4,000 in invoices paid. And not that I was expecting, I needed 10,000 yesterday, but that's just an example of, okay, we're expecting this or this should be coming in and, you know, clients wait to pay. And it's not that they're like not wanting to pay, they just haven't got around to it yet. Or they're waiting for their clients to pay them before exactly. they can pay you. You know, it's kind yes. of like, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a whole cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is, it is definitely, it is definitely not a fun. <laughs> yeah. And that, that yeah. I never expected that to be the hardest thing, honestly. Like I just thought, um, I don't know what I expected. I think, I know I thought the hardest thing was getting, would be getting clients. Mm-hmm. And I really haven't had an issue getting clients it's just managing that cash flow because there have been multiple times where I'm like um, so my ex when we were when we were married it's like okay it's gonna be a really cheap weekend because even if people paid on Friday it wouldn't be in my bank account until Monday So it's like, okay, we're going to have a really cheap weekend. (laughs) And then Monday comes around. It's like, oh, we've got all this money now, but you know, the weekend we. Rice and beans. Exactly. So (laughs) that's definitely a challenge. Um, And I I actually changed payment processors because of that. Um, I was using a, like a law specific one. And then I met a friend in a mastermind. He owns a credit card company that runs it for a lot of professionals. So like chiropractors, they actually work with a lot of hotels. Um, he was like, yeah, absolutely. 
we can help you. Cause I was like, dude, like it's taking like three to four days to get money in my account. And he's like, no, it absolutely shouldn't take that long. And now I get it next day. And it's like, That's oh, awesome. this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to go back to like, you, you were saying like, this is, this wasn't what you were expecting. You know, you thought that getting clients was going to be the hardest part. So, and like, that's one of the things that, um, I have to admit, like when I first saw your picture on there was one of like the first questions that I had. Cause I know like kind of like the things that I experienced too, like trying to get clients. So did you run, do you still even like run into situations where it's either a current client or maybe it's a prospect? I mean, even like when you were in the firm where you weren't necessarily taken seriously, either because of your age because you're a woman or, you know, or even because of both, like, did that ever happen to you? Oh, when I was at the firm, I told them, I was like, I have a whole slew of people that want to be clients. And they're like, Oh, like, whatever, you're <laughs> a first year attorney, you know, but like, whatever, Every, they're like, Oh, everybody says that. And then I started having like, actually having people wanting to come to the firm. But then they were like, we don't want these small businesses. And I'm like, Okay, whatever. But since I have gone out on my own, I honestly haven't had that many issues. I think it's because because of the small businesses, they're in the same boat I am. Mm-hmm. And they're the same type of, I mean, I think I would like to say the same generation that I am. And I have, don't, I, don't get me wrong. I have had people that are like, oh, are you a real law firm? Like you're <laughs> completely remote. Like, what are you talking about? I have had those people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly haven't had a lot of people that are like, oh, you're too young. Now, not online. Now, if yeah. I go out in person somewhere mm. and I'm like, and I introduce myself and I tell them what I do, they're like, what? Like you <laughs> own a law firm? Like, how do you own a law firm? Some, for some reason, it always comes up in an Uber. They're like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I own a law firm. Like what? Like, how do you own a law firm? And it's like, I explain, I'm like, I'm just, I'm a lawyer. I opened my own firm. Like, and, and it's funny to get the question like, oh, so are you like a, a lawyer? <laughs> yeah, you have to be a lawyer to own a law firm. So online, I've never had those issues, but I would say in person, I definitely get questions like, what? Like, yeah. what do you, like you're, you have a million dollar business. You're not like you're in your twenties. Like, what are you talking about? So I definitely get that in person, but not online. See, and I think that's because like that whole portray, because that was the other question I want to ask you about was like the portrayal of attorneys. Because again, like, and I'm wondering if you get like any, um, I don't know, comments or whatever about like that. Because I'm like, you know, at least, you know, my age, you know, attorneys are like, they're these suits. sleazy and they're in their <laughs> suits, you know, they're, they're suits and they're older. And uh, yeah, if you've got, if you are a partner, you own a firm, you know, you are like ancient, Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind so of thing I, and so and I threw away my suits when I got fired from the firm and I vowed to never wear a suit ever again unless something happened and I just absolutely had to and even now um like for people in person they um they're like really you're a lawyer and I'm like well I'm not a real lawyer <laughs> I don't I don't go to the court <laughs> and, and it always catches them off guard I'm like my goal is to never ever be in court because number one, I'm too lazy for all that. I don't want to get dressed up. I don't want to have to deal with judges. Like I will stick to my type of law and just work from home. 
That's hilarious. And like when you said to um, like you were talking about the age of your clients, so that was the other question that I kind of had is that like, you know, do you see that or do you find that the majority of the people who are attracted to you to not to you, that sounded weird, um, but <laughs> but that like come to you as a, as a prospective client are from a younger generation and that kind of thing and not necessarily um, again, I don't, I don't know if like, you know, from an, Oh God, this sounds terrible. I'm like somebody like, no, no, I think I, yeah. So I definitely attract um, millennial clients. Mm-hmm. I'm a true millennial. I attract millennial clients. And, but so the mastermind that I'm in the, it's a high level mastermind. And a lot of them are older. I, mm-hmm. I so I was the youngest in, I, I'm the youngest in the mastermind. And so a lot of them are older and they send, you know, their people to me, but even then it's still, I feel like that same, I want to say the same generation of online business owners, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense, Mm because I feel like there's waves of new online entrepreneurs and you kind of like grow with the same people. Mm -hmm. And that's really who I have experience with is just the same type of wave of online entrepreneurs. Yeah, well, I, and I would imagine you'd be getting more and more of those online entrepreneurs with everything. Because I know, like, with, with Nerdy Girl, you know, I mean, like, we were all local. You know, we were doing little local events. We had our little clubs in high schools and stuff like that. And then we were getting ready to do um, our next big event for teen girls. It was supposed to be in April last year, you know, and, and then the pandemic, and then COVID. Like, everybody's got that story. And we pivoted and did it online and, like, that's that's all we do now right now are just nice. online events nice. and every you know and I mean it's just been um it's been incredible like we had our like we had our like our growth plan you know okay so like in three to five years we're gonna be statewide yeah. nationwide and then it's like like literally that was the statement that came out at the January board meeting of 2020 and by March April of 2020 we were serving girls across the country because of having to go on yeah I mean like it's just been like for those people who are able to to do the pivot to see the opportunity like you saw the opportunity to to be online even pre-pandemic um really opens it up it opens up those floodgates for you you know um and you were talking about you know like we've talked about like this this kind of like um I don't know like the people my age and, and older who kind of I guess like Brussels a little bit about like, how can you be so young and and be doing these things or whatever. So I'm also kind of wondering, makes me think like, you know, is there a um, either piece, like a traditional piece of either like legal advice or entrepreneurial advice or like combined um, that you absolutely disagree with? Oh, that I disagree with. (laughs) Hmm. And are you legally allowed to share it? <laughs> that's a, that's a good question. I think I think when you there, there's definitely a piece, and this has been coming up lately. Um, you have to. I, what I disagree with is that you have to work, you know, eighty hours a week, mm-hmm. and that hustle culture, which I think a lot of people know, like it stems from Gary B, and not that I don't disagree with it at first, because I think at first your mentality has to be that hustle, hustle mentality. And it was for me. Mm -hmm. And I found myself that I would go through waves of like, 
because kind of you know if you're a launch business you know like you have seasons Mm -hmm. and I kind of had that um I mean we're about to go into launch launch season and it's going to be crazy (laughs) but that hustle hustle culture where you have to work 80 to 100 hours a week and you're always on and always working I think that is necessary at the, and I, I don't want to say necessary, but I think it helps at the beginning Yeah, to get where you want to be as quickly as possible. And that was my mentality. I want to, I want to grow as quickly as possible, but now my goal is to do as little legal work as possible. So I, my, I don't, I try to work as little as possible because I'm not doing this to work 80 hour, 80 to 100 hours per week for the right. rest of my life. I'm doing this so I can have freedom and flexibility. So now it's been a matter of being intentional about cutting back hours here and there, hiring here and there. And when I say it's been coming up lately, I've been having conversations in person with people who are like, oh, I work this many hours and I'm like, congrats, but I still make probably 10 times as much as you. Like, <laughs> like I don't know why that needs to be applauded that you work all these mm-hmm. hours. Like it, the goal is not to work as much as possible. It's to be as, as efficient as possible. Exactly. And I, I could be making more money personally if I worked more, mm-hmm. but I don't want to work more. Like I'm happy with the money that I'm making and that's why I hire people right? because they can take care of what I don't want to do or what I don't want to have. I don't have the time to do. So um, definitely the hustle culture. I don't, I, I don't agree with, but I, I do think it is, it, it is more of a necessity when you're beginning. And I think, I think there's a difference between hustle and smart hustle. Yes. You know, because there are, because there are some people who are like a lot who are like bragging about how much, how many hours they're spending and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. I'm like, that to me, a lot of times strikes me as like, you're a person who's busy for the sake of being busy. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to feel important or whatever um, because you're being busy um, rather than like, because it is like you were saying, like when you're launching something and you're getting ready to do stuff, you know, you've got, you've got to do some of that, you know, that sweat equity where it's got to be there. But again, it's, it's working smarter, not harder. So there's that smart hustle and with the goal of, yeah, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't the end all be all where you are always working all this time kind of thing, you know, because I think that especially when you're launching something, a lot of times at the beginning, you're having to do all the work, like with nerdy girl, like it's like, yes, I'm like, (laughs) somebody's asking me like, so who does your social media? Up goes the hand and who does your news? Up goes the hand and who does it? Is it? me, myself, and I, that, that's the team of three here that's working, yeah. but that isn't the goal, you know? And then I think I run into um, other individuals who um, want the lifestyle that's afforded, but not putting in the effort. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, yeah, you want to be a millionaire or whatever, but it's like, but there is at some point where you do need to do some work, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Where the lifestyle that you're thinking about is the ultimate goal, but it's not where you start, my friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. Unless you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth. And even then, a lot of times exactly. that still is required, you know? So, but it's just, it's, it's, um, and I think that comes to kind of thinking about what it is that you define as being success for yourself, you know? So like, how would you define success for yourself? I think at this point, defining success is 
working as little as possible and still making the money that I want to make because I mean, I, so I used, I said that I used to go through, I, I mean, I still go through waves of working, you know, working 60. And I mean, now I, I don't work 40 hours a week now and that's not my goal. Like I don't want to work 40 hours a week. Um, but now go, coming into, so February, I told my team yesterday, I said, be ready in the month of March. Like we're all going to be working a crazy amount of hours. So I was like, be prepared. So I'm preparing <laughs> to go on like a mini vacation at the, like towards the end of February, just to prepare for our launch. Yeah. But success for me now is just really what I love seeing is that I am providing a living for 10 people and yeah. providing benefits and all that good stuff or it's like wow I didn't even have all like I had the worst health insurance at the firm I was at I had a 401k but the firm didn't match it and now I have you know we have vision dental health insurance and I provide a 401k with a match that's like awesome I, yeah like that was I had certain goals in place and now like I get to, I'm doing all of that. So <laughs> I love knowing that I get to provide a living to 10 other people. That's incredible. That really is incredible. So now flip side of how you define this success, what has been maybe your, um, I really want to get rid of the word failure mm -hmm. um, from the English language. Um, so what would you, um, what would you describe as maybe like your biggest or your best mistake and learning opportunity? Oh, that's a good question. There's been so many. Um, <laughs> I would say like failed launches um, and not necessarily failed, just they weren't as successful as we wanted them to be. And with those launches, we learn, we, we, I mean, we've learned so much from them. So we're really excited for this March launch. Um, cause we feel like we have like all the pieces in place and we have big goals and it's like, okay, we have no excuse not to hit these goals now. So with the, cause I have a much bigger team to make all the moving pieces happen because a true launch, it's a crap ton of work and yeah. it is not, easy at all. And there's so much that goes into it. So much plan. I mean, we're this week was 45 days out and we're already like I, overwhelmed. Like we have to do all <laughs> this, we have to do all this. And there's just things that you can't do until the last minute. So, yeah. um, definitely launches that weren't as successful as we wanted them to be. But again, like I, I call them failed launches, but we just learned so much from them and how to improve next time. Awesome. And I really like that. Like we weren't as successful as we wanted to be. And I really think that that's important of like just having that whole sh mind shift away from like, this was the failure. It was terrible. It was horrible. It's just like, okay, so this wasn't as successful as we wanted to be. What did we learn so we can apply it to the next time? And that's really exactly. one of the things that we try to, um, work on with the, with the young women that we work with is like, look, it's just, it's a learning opportunity, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so anyways, so the launch you're, you're alluding to the launch, the upcoming launch and things like that. So 
You could, because we're going to have to, we're going to be wrapping things up here. So why don't you um, let people know, like if you could share with them, like where they can find you online and that kind of stuff. So that way, when you've got your launch, they know all about it. Yeah. So definitely our website's andreasager.com, Instagram at andreasagerlaw. And then now I'm loving TikTok, which is (laughs) at the legalpreneur. And I know all of that needs to be consistent. Um, but whatever. whatever. So yeah, find us all everywhere there. And I have my podcast, the Legalpreneur podcast. So check us out. Yeah. You, say hi. <laughs> you will not be disappointed with uh, her TikToks, with her, uh, with her Instagram or with her podcast. They are really amazing, especially if you're looking to start out um, being your own business uh, owner and that kind of thing. It really is very, very, um, I really like the fact that it's um, because a lot of times people get intimidated by attorneys and stuff like that because they got all that mumbo jumbo jargon stuff or whatever. And really um, you do a great job of breaking it down and making everything make sense. So thank Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Um, You have an amazing day. And for those of you who are listening, um, please be sure to follow her. Um, Reach out, let her know that you heard about her from uh, Nerdy Girl Success and Defining Her Story podcast. You guys have an amazing day. Thank you. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Defining Her Story podcast. Please be sure to rate and subscribe. Five stars, always appreciated, and reviews help us get found by amazing women just like you. If you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, let us know. Just call or text us at 954-NERDGIRL. That's 954-637-3475. You can also head over to nerdygirlsuccess.com to see what events we have coming up. And be sure to check out the free membership we have for high school girls while you're there. Sign your daughter up and she'll have access to dozens of career women interviews, workshops, and more. Music for this podcast provided by bensounds.com.